now got in for the New York Yankees, the shortstop, number two. Episode 164 of the NYYST Podcast. I am your host, Christian. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You. And... Swing. <laughs> Swinging for the fences. Well, that yeah. guy, Rye. What's up, fellas? Not much. How you doing? It's the, it's the, can, we, can we bring something up real quick? You could cut the tension and the anxiety can, for me. Can we put? Can we bring up something real quick? With a knife. Uh, first of all, five-star rating and review, please. Five-star rating and review. Very important. We start the show off with that. Ryan uh, gives himself a hernia every time we don't start the I'm show stressed. with that. So uh, please leave us a five-star rating and review and subscribe to the show on YouTube. Please. Did I cover everything? You did. That okay. was actually really good. Um, Ryan. Who the fuck sent you on assignment last week? Uh, I thought Chris I was... and I, Chris and I discussed this. You know, we I didn't put you on assignment. He didn't put you yeah. on assignment. So no. what? The, I mean, where were you? It was Look, the sometimes. drinky drinky. Did you get drank? Sometimes you have to put yourself on assignment. <laughs> At DFA. <laughs> Hope it was you, a protective assignment. You DFA'd yourself from yeah. the show. Yeah. And we was... had a we had a fun time with Dan Federico yeah, last week. It was a great so, episode. So we didn't need you. I good, hope it was good a, to know. I hope you practice <laughs> safe assignment. All right, so let's get the let's get the cat out of the bag here. This is the penultimate punch on the pot episode. Why? What do you mean why? What's you know what? You know, ultimate is like second the, to last. Uh, Ozymandias of Breaking Bad. Oh okay. Second to last episode, which was the best episode of Breaking Bad. Okay, so if the punch on the pot does not happen today, it only has one more opportunity to happen. One shot. Okay, one shot. One opportunity. Mm-hmm. All right, so as Punch on the Pod Commissioner, you actually gave me this idea, Chris, because you said you felt like Barney Stinson today. Yeah. You gave me this idea, and it's up to Ryan. It's totally up to Ryan. Instead, Because honest to God, I'm thinking about this, and as I'm driving around all week, I'm literally like going into convulsions laughing about thinking about how Ryan's going to punch you. But then I'm also thinking like, how is how are the two of you going to come back from this? Like you can't you can't puss out on the punch. You have to like go full bore and punch him, right? Right. And you're gonna you're obviously gonna get hurt by it. I'm I'm someone who easily sacrifices for the better for the but, better of the show. Dude, if he rocks you and you get knocked out, you're not gonna come back from that. You're gonna be pissed off. No, it might no, 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 no. You say that now, dude, but if he like you're gonna get knocked the fuck out on camera, it's gonna go viral and you're gonna be embarrassed. And your fucking brother's the one that did it. Did you say we're gonna go viral? Can we clear the air too that it's Ryan punching me, Chris? Right. Because me and Ryan were talking about this before you got here, Christian. The people who don't watch us on YouTube, I didn't realize. I mean, me and Ryan sound a lot alike. Yeah, we sound a lot so alike. So people are a little confused and think that I'm supposed to punch Ryan. Yeah. No, Ryan is supposed to punch Chris. Okay. Right. But here's, as punching the pot commissioner, here's what I'm willing to amend. You gave me the idea. Instead of a punch, Chris has to sit in a chair and take a full fucking slap. No. Right across the face. No. Because I think that that will still be fucking hilarious. He won't get knocked out from it. But I think 
the I think the the biggest part of this that the most exciting part is not knowing when it's coming. And same with Slap Bet in How I Met Your Mother. He never knew when it was coming. He never sat down and just said, "Okay, here it comes." So, but I'm I'm willing to amend it. If it's up to Ryan, if Ryan wants to do this and and Love says it. that you know what, maybe it's best that I don't punch him. We'll record you getting this shit slapped out of you, and that'll be the punch on the pod. And I think that's a fair. But it's punch on the pod. Yeah. Okay. You can't mess with punch on the. Pod. All right. So if that's, I mean, but Ryan, you got to understand something, bro. You, if you you got you, it's either this, I know you know what I'm saying. Consequence. So I'm saying, can you, come, I, can you guys move down a little? I towards I, me. Oh, shut up. No, I gotta be right here. <laughs> oh no, that's right. I'm gonna go back here. Right there, right there, right there. Okay, so, so I thought that was a fair compromise. But if neither one of you want it, then forget it. It's so funny that we just like I know to the any new listeners right now, we're boring the fuck out of you. You have no idea what's going on, and for that, I don't give a fuck. But for the loyal listeners, it's so funny. No, screw everybody that's just found us and wants to become a loyal listener. It's so funny right? that mm. it's so funny how there's just random people that we've never heard from before. Like no one, the people that have never engaged in any of our social media stuff. And they'll just come out and blatantly just be like, when the fuck is this kid getting punched? Yeah, it's nice. It's and nice. it kind of hurts a little that they want it so bad. But also I'm proud of it. Like I'm proud that it that it was built up this much. We got yeah, it's, it's, it's it's a bittersweet it's a, it's a bittersweet thing. It's gonna be great. But like fuck you if you want if you like you're so excited for me to get punched. I think I'm a good guy. If Christian was getting punched, I bet you this thing would fucking be going viral already. Right. There's a reason why people want to see you get punched. Punchable face. Yeah, you do. You have a much more punchable I face. I do. It's you the do. chin. So Ryan, you you're you're still going ahead with the punch. Yeah, I'm going to punch him in the all face. All right. Okay. Sticking to the original bet. I I just Whatever I'm just thinking I'm it. just thinking about the family here. Like I don't see a way that you guys come back from this. It's going to be funny as hell. It's going to be funny as hell. But it's worth it. I I just if don't. If he even does it, if he doesn't, you know. I'm gonna do it. It's gonna be. I mean, it. Definitely it's gonna, gonna be really it. disappointing if you if you get a haircut. It really is. I don't think so. As opposed, it's, Ryan gets a haircut or you get punched in the face. The discipline. I mean, come on. It's like between getting a brand new bike for Christmas when you're like ten years old and like getting like a bag of tube like socks. Mike Clevenger know? by the end of the year. <laughs> tube socks. You could have fun with tube socks. Oh Christ Almighty. Can we move on from this now so I don't have to keep thinking about it? I don't know, Ryan. I don't do, care. Do, do I have to? Hey, you do it. Do what you want to do, man. I know what I'm doing. I I I know uh, exactly when it's coming, and you don't. Okay. All right. All right. So whatever you guys want to do, go it's ahead. up to you. If you want to, if you want to change the punch to a slap, that's up to you. No, I'm punching him. All right, fine. Then that's the end of that. Okay. So. Hell of a segue here, but uh, the big news of the week here, and I feel we should be obligated to talk about, is the tragedy in Los Angeles uh, last, what is it, Sunday? Sunday, yes. Yeah, we're recording Saturday night. We wanted to... Uh, just just to clarify real quick, our show, we normally record Sunday, and I know we said that on the show last week, but 
when it came out Monday, we had recorded already, and that's why nothing was said. And that's why we feel this week we have to. We probably would have recorded before the news came out anyway, because we usually record Sunday morning. But, yes. Uh, with the Super Bowl tomorrow, we figured let's just knock this out tonight and be free to do whatever tomorrow. Sure. But, um, Kobe Bryant... Uh, his daughter and seven other people were on a helicopter going to a uh, Mamba Academy basketball game. If, is that what they were doing? Yes. It was, it was yeah, a tournament. Tournament game. Uh, when the helicopter crashed and all uh, nine people on the helicopter perished, um, it, it's been a weird week because this is this is a major news story. And... Um, you know, you had a legend. The guys, there's no denying. Whatever you feel about him personally and whatever yeah. happened in Colorado all those years ago, the guy's an, he's an absolute legend in the game of basketball. I mean, he was, the, he was really the face of the sport growing up. Whether he was the best at the time or not, he was the face of basketball for a long time. I mean, everyone wanted to be Kobe. At 41 years old, the guy dies in a helicopter accident. That's a major, that's a major sports story. Uh, what makes this a... And let me before we get into anything, you know, I do want to obviously want to extend your condolences and you know your heartfelt condolences and just hope that the people that are that you know the f- surviving family members find some type of peace in just an unfathomable tragedy. Uh, you do wish that for them, but what what really make and you know this we usually like to keep this lighthearted and have a good time on this show. And I really hate to depress anybody right now, but I think that we should, with something like this, and we have this platform, we should kind of just work through this out in the open. And, you know, for our fans, you know, maybe this will be therapeutic for them too because I'm sure this is conjuring up a lot of emotions and, oh, and yeah. a lot of different emotions and a lot of different, you know, in, in people. Um what is making this really a big story for me? Because if Kobe, you know, if you would have heard that Kobe Bryant died in a car accident, you'd be like, oh shit, Kobe Bryant died in a car accident. And then that would have been the end of it. Like for me personally, like I'm not a big NBA fan. I was never a big Kobe fan, but I mean, you, you, un- s- you still would have seen it as a tragedy. No, absolutely. Absolutely. But right? what, what you're trying to say is it's hitting you in a different way that you never would have expected from, from an athlete that, played a sport that you don't even watch it's not even the athlete it's the story and i've been and if you follow me on twitter you you you've i've tried to work through these thoughts but there's so many i mean how much can you convey in 280 characters right what what is making this such a big story for me and what makes me almost you know emotional about it is that at the heart of it you have parents taking their daughters to their basketball games right yeah you have you have kids. You've done this, right? Yep. Uh, my daughter, do- you know, my daughter's not born yet, but she'll be here in a few months. This is something that I'm gonna do. This is something that everybody can relate. Not look, I, you know, we're not Kobe Bryant. We're not gonna take a helicopter to take our daughters to right. basketball practice. But this is at the heart of it. This is what happened. You have people taking their daughters to their basketball games, and they died doing that. And and I think the worst part of it for me was the other day. I mean, you have a lot of people saying, look, you know, the, the heartless people out there, there's plenty of them um, that are saying, you know, 
This is what happens when you have money and you take a helicopter to, yeah, well, guess what? There's actually a video out there, and I don't know if you guys saw this, of A-Rod interviewing Kobe Bryant and why he has that helicopter, why he takes that helicopter. And the reason is not because he has all this money in the world and he doesn't feel like sitting in traffic, going to the basketball games or going anywhere. It's because when he wasn't on the road, but would still have to work out from working out to then having to go pick his kids up from school, there would be too much traffic for him to get there. And so his wife said to him, it's not a big deal. I can go, I can go and pick the kids up. And he said, no, he's like, when I'm home, that 20 minutes in the car is what I live for. That's what I want. I don't want to give that 20 minutes up. So I want to work what I'm obligated to do at work and I want to still have a way to get to my kids and be able to pick them up. He has that money, not just out of luck. He has the money to to afford a helicopter because the guy worked his ass off his whole life. He earned that. And if he wants to go and buy a helicopter so that he can spend more time with his kids, who are we to judge him on that? That was that was one of the more heartbreaking things about the whole thing for me because the guy friggin' bought this thing because he wanted more time with his kids. He was just finally giving up the game and dedicating his life to, to his family in that sense. And that's, it's truly tragic. And I've been seriously been completely a wreck over it since it happened. A absolute wreck. And to your point, Christian, I don't know what, how I would feel. I'd still be devastated. It's still a devastating tragedy if it were just Kobe Bryant and friends and whatever. But what gets me is that you don't know leading up to this what they knew before it happened and having your daughter next to you and it's just and having a seven-month-old at home who doesn't even get to know you that you just leave behind. That's the tragedy. That's what it, that that is what is hitting me the hardest is that it's 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 tough to I mean when you think about it like I don't even know if I would feel the same way seven or eight months ago or even if as fucked mm-hmm. up as this may sound even if they were dads taking their sons to a baseball their baseball practice but because of my personal situation that these were dads and moms taking their daughters and I'm my do- you know my my wife is pregnant with a girl and you just think about like what is what is your job as a dad to protect that child to protect that little girl and there was nothing they could have done to protect them and nothing you're saying and in your dying moments you have to sit there with with the with the with the idea in your in your brain that like your job as a parent you can't you can't do anything to console I would never want to see that type of fear in my daughter's eyes and knowing there's not a goddamn thing I could do about it no. and that's how these people died and that's what fucking kills me about the whole thing and it's not and it's not in being you being insensitive saying if it were even them taking their sons here's the thing with athletes with any celebrity, with any well-known person, even if you never watched a game of Kobe Bryant's, 
the fact that you grew up knowing what he dedicated his life to how much he dedicated his life to this game to be great. And then to finally be with his family to we, the reason why we fall in love with athletes is not just because they're great on the field. It's because we look up to them. Why is, why is Derek Jeter our favorite Yankee? Why is Aaron judge our favorite current Yankee? It's if they were great and then walked off the field and, and were scumbags, would you look up to them the way you do now? No, it's because of the, of the things we can relate to. And in this sense, it hits home 10 times harder because I have daughters, you have a daughter on the way. And so it's not that that overpowers the story. It's that that's what we connect to. And that's what just takes it over the top. And I think the, the, one of the uh, tributes, I I think it was last night before the game, they said something that, you know, whether, you know, you're crying right now, I think it was the Michael B. Jordan one, which was awesome. They said, you're crying right now. You're a daughter. You're a father. You're a son. You're a whatever. That's how we relate to things like this. It's not just some athlete dying in a, in a helicopter accident, which is tragic in itself. It was a worldwide legend who people looked up to who was finally able to put aside all the dedication he, he, he put into basketball, into his career to support his family and to now enjoy it. Now to sit back and watch and enjoy it and to raise these kids and his daughter. I don't know if, if you actually watched the video that I tweeted. I did. I saw it. She was going to be a superstar. Yeah. Unreal. She was. And that's and that's another part of it. You got young kids. How old were those girls? 12, 13 years old? Yep. Gone before their lives even really started. Yeah, that's just... And they didn't get to live their life. It, you break it... Because you can't... You know, you're regular people. You can't picture yourself as Kobe Bryant flying in a helicopter. So that part of the story gets lost on you. It's when you break it down... And you're saying to yourself, these were parents going to their kids' basketball game. That's what fucking sucks. Laughing. Talking about the game coming up. That's what really, that's what sucks about. These were moms and dads and their kids going to a fucking, going to, I mean, how many, you, you pack up your, I mean, you pack up your kids how many times and, and, you know, your, your oldest daughter plays softball. You know, your son's a little too young for, um sports right now but how many times you put her in the car take her to softball games she plays basketball now right how many times you put her in the car take her to basketball practice you don't even think about it it's just routine something you do as a dad you never imagine that that's how your life is going to end doing something that that is part of being a parent part of the good parts of being a parent being there for your kid taking them to do the shit that they want to do and that's how you you know and then in that moment, because they had to, I mean, you heard the stories about how the plane was flying erratically. They had, they knew, like, they knew, come on. And in those final moments that you, there's nothing you can do to console your child. That's what fucking kills me. That's why I can't get over this story. And like I said, man, maybe I, maybe before my wife was pregnant, I was a heartless bastard and I would have just shook this off like, oh, it, it's a tragedy, but it wouldn't stay with me. But you know, being a, you know, being somebody that's gonna have a kid in a couple months, you know, that's that's the type of shit that you think about. That's the type of stuff that you're like, this is your job now to be a dad. 
And and what are you going to do? I mean, what can you do? It, it, that's that's the part that sticks with me. And you know, everyone's going to everyone walks away from this. And you know what? I got to give it up to to everyone that for most things that have happened over the last five, six years in this country, there always seems to be a huge divide. And I feel like for the first time in a long time, most of this country, most of the world came together on this. And that says something in itself. But the main thing everyone's taking away from it is don't take for granted any second of your life. And as inspiring as that is, as true as it is. And I live that way every day. I, I don't like to fight with people. I don't like to hold a grudge because at any second of any day, you can go down. So I don't like to worry about things, nothing. But you're never going to remind yourself of this every day of your life. There's going to come a point in time when you don't forget the tragedy, but it's not at the forefront of your brain. You don't think about it. You will fight with people you love again. You won't remind yourself, oh, Kobe died. I got to make this up. But for this moment in time, at least for now, we can use it as that, as a reminder. And if you want to take something that out of this that can maybe last a little longer with you, it's that if you work your ass off at something as hard as he did, to support your family, whether it was a family at the time or a future family, and you keep always striving to be better, that you will be, that you can be. And I think that's the more powerful message that he's going to leave behind. Yeah, that's the, that's the perfect way to describe what he was. That's that's what I love the most about him, was just his work ethic. And what's funny is you, you, you look at when players retire, what do they do? They end up becoming analysts. Uh, owners, coaches, and he he wins an Oscar. This guy goes yeah. out and wins an Oscar. So it, he's the kind of guy who 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 is the perfect example of if you put your mind to something and you and you work as hard as you can, who knows? And Michael K actually had a really good interview with, and I tweeted this out. I'm not a huge fan of the Michael K show, but I listened to them the day after it happened. They had a really tough time getting through that day. It was a really difficult day. And I'm not saying other people on the radio didn't. They just did a phenomenal job. And they had Nancy Lieberman on, Hall of Fame WNBA player. And the one thing I took out of the whole interview, which was really good, was Kobe Bryant was just a curious person. She's actually getting the Thurman Munson Award. And they were very, her and Kobe Bryant were very close. So she's getting the Thurman Munson Award, actually. And she told him, and he didn't know much about Thurman Munson. And instead of just being like, oh, that's great. Congratulations. He nonstop asked questions about Thurman Munson. What happened? How did it happen? He was so curious. He wanted to learn more. He never wanted to stop learning and growing. And I think that's a, just a phenomenal way to live, whether you're a basketball player or not. Because too many people are closed-minded and they don't, take the time or want to take the time to learn and it could change your life because it's fucking short whether you die tragically or not it's still short and I think that's what you take out of it in the long run 
Well, instead of uh, just segueing into something else here, I think we should just, you know, take a moment of silence to, and out of respect for the all nine victims on the uh, helicopter, and then uh, we'll just dive right into something. So, you know, uh, again, condolences are out to the families and uh, anybody affected by this tragedy. So we'll just take a quick moment of silence out of respect for the uh, the deceased. All right, now uh, into some uh, baseball news here. The uh, I don't know how you go from one to the other, but the Houston Astros have themselves a manager. We actually uh, took that moment of silence, by the way, at the twenty fourth minute. Did we of our recording? And we that was completely unintentional. Wow, it's weird because if you uh, you completely. see you see you had some of these guys in uh, that were how they've been scoring on these. Uh, these weird random number type things. It's just eerie when that shit happens. Uh, I know we're segueing. I just got to say one last thing. I thought the NBA did a phenomenal, not the NBA as an organization, as like a whole, just the players. I think they just did something so simple and so unbelievable. And it, and it seemed unscripted. I mean, of course they said maybe in a huddle before the game, this is what we're going to do. But that was something that was such just made such an impact. I thought all the players did just a phenomenal job. Yeah, same here. Because that's not easy. No. I mean, I don't want to cut anybody off. No, no, no. I I just wanted to quickly say that because I thought that was great. So uh, the Houston Astros have themselves a manager here. Dusty Baker was brought on. Uh, It's one year with an option, I believe, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, Who cares? You don't do your job anyway. (laughs) Um, I got an article up right here. I believe it's one year with an option, which somebody was saying. It wouldn't that be funny if they brought back AJ Hinch in twenty twenty one? Because he's really only he was only suspended for twenty twenty. Oh, it could right? happen. Why wouldn't it? People will forget about this shit by then. No, there's only one team. No one to it. Again, one team, Ryan. It's doing it on its own. <laughs> it's auto correcting yeah. the keyboard. Um, as a Yankee fan, I fucking love it. Dusty Baker? <laughs> my, I think my wife was like, who's Dusty Baker? I'm like, Dusty Baker is a phenomenal regular season manager. But when it comes to the post, has he even won a postseason? No, he was in the World Series. He was the manager of the Giants. With the Giants? Yeah. yeah. But they didn't win it. No. Who'd they lose to? The Anaheim Angels of Anaheim. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. No, they were the Anaheim Angels of Anaheim at the time. No, it, they were never the... An- then they were just the Anaheim Angels. Of Anaheim. No. That never happened. Uh, I get... From a, from a Houston perspective, uh, I can see why they did it because he's a, he's a veteran respected manager uh, to kind of quell that down there. Yes. But... Uh, I don't know as a as a opposing fan like I'm not like oh shit Dusty Baker I'm scared now scared Dusty Baker there's something that doesn't that and doesn't the, and this is the first time he's uh, managing in uh, the American League if I'm not mistaken he's never been in the, uh, American League manager before there's there's something that like okay when the Yankees hired Boone right we weren't jumping out of our seats but the second you heard him the second you really got to know him just on the surface the first thing you thought was, these guys are going to love this guy. Like, our, this team is going to... Can you even picture the Houston, the smug-ass Houston Astros? 
That should be their name, the Smug Astros. The Smug Astros taking any type of direction from Dusty Baker. I don't see it. I don't just. I just don't see the clubhouse meshing well with him at the helm. I don't know. I heard John Heyman on with Joe and Evan the other day. He expects him to win like eighty-five games this year. John Heyman's also fucking. He's senile now. Nah, you know what? He's I out think, of his mind. Not for nothing. I think John Heyman gets too much shit from Twitter. I really do. Because he's a character sometimes. I do think he tries to play up a he character, does. but I also think that people don't think he. He really has, uh, you know, like he's a, he's a fucking moron or something. Like he doesn't have a, he's not a good, does a, you know, he doesn't have a job or anything. But he makes an excellent point. You you just don't know. Like this is gonna hover over them. Every fucking city they go to, they're gonna be grilled about this shit. They're gonna be hammered about what did you do? Why'd you do it? Did it really help you? Right. And apparently, some guy sat. I don't know if you guys caught this. It came out on Wednesday. Forget his name. The Houston Nationals fan actually sat there and went through every fucking pitch of the 2017 season and counted all the bangs. Yes. And apparently, Mr. Met, Jake Marisnik, had the highest percentage of bangs really? uh, in 2017. I said a bang, bang, bang. Bang, it, bang. Marwin Gonzalez had a lot of bangs. Yeah, and he had a career-high OPS in 2017, Ridiculous too, by year. about 200 Ridiculous. points. I don't think his OPS was uh, ever over 800 in his career, and it was around 900. And uh, how and how about all of these stories about? Not like they have a website to tell you that shit, Ryan. It's, how about all these pictures that that uh, their stories coming out that they they got sent down immediately after some guy their quit starts the, quit his end his career. Yeah, there was some guy. Uh, was on. I don't take. Listen, here's why I don't take that to heart. You had a guy in Mariano Rivera who threw the same fucking pitch. A million times in a row. Everyone knew what was coming. No one can hit it. Why? Because he was that fucking good. All right, look at this. Uh, Marlon Gonzalez, OPS in 2017, 907. That's fucking all-star worthy. And, you know. What year was it? 2017. Next highest OPS was in 2015, 759. That's unreal. It's over 100 points. That's crazy. It's unreal. So you mean do you mean to tell me he was just magically good that year? No. How much is he making now a year? And I was somebody that advocated the Yankees signing him last year. And this fucking team is still smug about it. You got Justin Verlander making jokes. Yeah. Just the Verlander yeah. joke at the Baseball Writers Association Award when he got the Cy Young was just Classless. it was just dickish. How about the people laughing at with it though? Like that, I'm booing them at that point. I heard it was like nervous well, laughter, yeah. like you know, like people what, were chuckling. Like, you know who I heard laugh on that? You know who I heard wasn't too happy sitting in the front row? Karsten Charles. See? Yeah, I wouldn't be. Uh, that's not a that's fucking not, joke. Because if you didn't get caught, who the fuck knows what you'd still be doing? I don't know. Again, we it's something that we always say. Like, I just don't. I just we just don't know how this is going to affect them in 2020. But it's going to be it's going to be out there every time they go somewhere. It's going to be out there. It's going to be like what when guys were coming back from the steroids in every city they went to. Those reporters were going to ask them about it. And honestly, I could see guys like Bregman and Altuve just being fucking dickheads about the about it. All year long. You know I'm, how many fans are going to come to games with a uh, garbage can lid and just bang oh, yeah. the lid when. Well, apparently, when I, I heard this on the radio last week that apparently because the 
Astros are starting the season in, in Anaheim that there's a contingent of Dodger fans that are going to the games. Oh, yeah, I heard that too. That's awesome. Um, I w- I'm glad you br- brought that point back up because I wanted to say and I forgot. I have two questions for you, for both of you. The first one is, do you think Garrett Cole will get any of this when he's on the road? Do you think any questions will come up in the beginning of the year? Was there anything going on in 2019 or 2018 when you were there? Do you think he'll feel any of that? And the second thing is, do you think any of the current Yankees will hold any type of resentment towards him because he was just a part of that organization? I'll tell you this right now. If you're a... 20 if you're a Yankee in 2020 you're holding some type of grudge towards Garrett Cole this year you're a fucking idiot I'm sorry this guy was brought here to win the World Series you gotta let that shit go you can't be having that type of tension but in your clubhouse th- but do you think it was at least addressed where like he'll have to address it sure maybe guys were just like look dude you gotta tell us but, what was going on let's just clear the air hey, we'll find out what, in a couple weeks when but, everybody's in uh, in Tampa so we'll f- we'll uh, hear it then. They only found oh. that they were cheating in 2017, right? Did they come out with an official report that they were in 18 and 19? Because he wasn't on the team in 2017. No, I know, but that's like part of the thing. I'm he so- was on the team. I'm not saying I would be hostile years. towards Garrett Cole in any way, shape, or form, but I would be a little curious. Like one of my first things I want to talk to him about is where you guys were. Were they fucking doing it last year? I just want to know. Were they doing it? And what if he comes back with, look, man, I'm not going to start talking about that stuff. That could cause some tension. This was a, look, to us, it's just a cheating scandal. It's over with, whatever. These, this is people, we just talked about a, a player who dedicated his whole life to sport and wasn't with his family most of the time. And these guys are away from their families. They put everything into this. To have a team cheat like that, it's a little more serious to those kind of to to those guys when you're a CC Sabathia. Second. Wait a second, go back to that. Go back to that. Fucking Fred and his goddamn projection. Oh Did you god. see this for Garrett Cole? Oh my god, fourteen and six with a three two four. Fuck you, Fred. And a whip over one. That's for fucking ridiculous. He's only gonna throw. He, they are they anticipating him getting hurt because they only have him throwing 186 innings next year or this coming season. Well, yeah, he's a Yankee now, so. Fuck you, Fred. Seriously, bro. Damn. What do they? They really have it out. Fred and the people at Baseball Reference really right. have it out for. When you have a second, go back and go to Justin Verlander. I want to see his projections for next year. Yeah. Because if they're better, Fred can. Fred can needs to fucking retire. Okay, Fred, go down. Verlander, uh, fifteen and seven with three point one two, throwing one hundred and ninety three yep. innings. They're better, better, better. I want to meet Fred. I want. I want to get Fred on the show. I want to have a discussion with him about this. How could you be projecting that? How old is fucking Verlander going to be? Fifty, thirty seven, maybe. That he's going to have a better season than the guy who just fucking steamrolled through the best teams in in the postseason there's this kid on reddit uh he tweeted uh tony adams he says i'm an astros fan to understand the yeah this st- is the guy we were just talking about he's the one that watched and charted all and, the bangs this is what he this is the the numbers to understand the scope of the astros cheating and the players involved i logged every trash can bang from every astros 2017 home game with video available over eight 8,200 pitches, 8,200 pitches watched, hey. and over 1,100 trash can bangs. Guess who didn't get any bangs in 2019 or 2020? Who's that? 
Thomas Adams, Tony Adams. Yeah, he he's because you got way too much time on your hands, pal. And you got to think though, you got to put into consideration there was eleven hundred trash can bangs, but they didn't bang the can when it was a fastball, right? Yeah, I saw that that tweet from you. That was the sign for fastball is we're not going to bang, right? So that's so how many pitches were fastballs? I think someone commented on my tweet and said it was like almost three thousand pitches that they knew what was coming. So at that point, that's when I that's when I incorporated the steroids, because on in his best year, Barry Bonds was was getting 700 plate appearances. It's only 700 at bats where he's at an unclear unfair advantage. We somebody I think we looked it up maybe a month or so ago, and then they brought it up on uh, the fan maybe a week or so ago. He had a fucking on base percentage over 600 one year. Dude, I was looking. I was Was looking up his numbers. it had to be the year of the that, home runs. That is, no, that, it was a couple. It was a couple years after the home runs. He had a crazy amount. You have to see how many times he was intentionally walked uh, in like 2005. Before you get to that, I just want to say one thing with Barry Bonds. The year he hit the 73 home, it was 73, right? Yeah. With the year he hit the 73, the the number itself, yeah, of course, was impressive. The most impressive part of it was how many pitches did he actually see that he could hit? Right. And in that, it, within those pitches, he still hit 73 home Chris, runs. Chris, guess how many times he was intentionally walked in 2004, which was a couple years which after. Which was the year he had a 609 on base. I, I couldn't even give you a, a 120 times. That's was fu- I was going to say 124, just kidding. I was going to say that jokingly. I thought it would be like 50 tops. His on base percentage was 609. That was the year or the year after? In oh, 2004, was... the year he was intentionally walked 120 times, his OBP was 609. Struck out 41 times. That's crazy. Tripled the amount of uh, intentionally walked. That was, walked. The, that was the, uh, intentionally walked. What year did he hit the home runs? 2001. Wow. 73 dings, 137. You know what's crazy? Yeah. That was the end of a four-year string where he had an on-base percentage over 510 every year. It's so right? crazy that... I didn't realize yeah, 515 OBP. I 515, 582, what was 529 and 609. That's unheard of. That's ridiculous. Unreal. I don't care what the fuck you're putting into your body. Dude, whatever it takes, man. Listen. Get me get on base 6 out of 10 times, dude. But he, you know what's crazy to me? I didn't realize that the year he did that was 911. Like I never yeah. When yeah, I, I think 9 the year 911 and everything that baseball did after that, in my mind, it wasn't the same year as Bonds hitting the the home runs. Yeah, because he was. Because when chasing. did he? I wonder when he did it. Maybe get the. Maybe he did it. Uh, before he could have done it before September, man. That's how. That's how. Well, he bro- could definitely broke the record before then. I'm almost positive. All right, let's move on to something else while Ryan yeah. looks that up here. Um, do you even want to talk about this nonsense that I saw on Twitter today about Glaber Torres being overrated? Sure, tell me a little bit about it. That his war was lower than Sonny Gray's this year? No. First of all, can we get over Sonny Gray now? Like, can we just admit to what he is and just move on? We now? we have on this show several times. Yeah, no, I'm saying to everyone, to everyone out there, can we please move on? What was his war in New York? Where where it actually mattered, where he almost caused a war. Yeah, when the Reds when the Reds are relevant and really good and winning the division, let me know what his war is then, please. That is advanced analytics put him as uh, as like a very good player, not even an all star player. 
That's what it, Glaber's advanced analytics are. The, Fuck your advanced analytics. He hit his 73rd on uh, October 7th. What? Oh, because of 9-11? Oh, they yeah, delayed they, the, they, delayed, yeah, the they delayed the season. Right. Um, yeah, that's why they that were was playing Mr. the... November. Yeah, that's yeah. why they were playing the World right, Series right, in right. November. Um, this is why every time I try to open my horizon, or expand my horizons, and open myself up to analytics, then I hear some dumb shit like that. And I'm like, you're going to tell me that your fucking analytics are telling me that Glaber Torres is a isn't overrated or just a very good player. The guy's a fucking bird, a budding superstar. You can kiss my ass on that one. I don't How think. How is he overrated? He's he's twenty three, right? Yes, he is twenty three. You can't be overrated at twenty three. I mean, you can be. You can, you can be. be. You can, I guess, but it's like I guess because everybody's saying that now. Glaber is the best player on the Yankees, and he's uh, you know he's a top. He might be a top ten player in Major League Baseball or some. So now he's overrated because that's what the analytics say. I this is this is why me and analytics we will never be friends. I'm sorry. That's. Just- you have to be a moron. You you actually, what it proves to me is you've never even watched Glaber Torres. You're just behind a computer with your calculator, and you're throwing numbers out there and telling me he's a, he's not as good as fucking Sonny Gray. His WAR was only three point nine last year, which I mean they consider like you have to be in a five six range to be an All Star caliber player. But what did he hit? What was his numbers last year? <clears throat> he really turned it on. Like I hit thirty eight fucking home runs. What was his batting average? Two seventy eight. Uh, that's gonna get higher. What was his on base percentage? Three thirty seven. So he's he's you know he's got to get those numbers up a little bit. He needs to yeah he's got to work on plate discipline. We all know that. And once he does, kid has all the talent in the world. You know Fred's projections on Glaber are actually pretty fair. Uh. 279, 32, and 85. That's pretty fair. Yeah. That's pretty fair. I, I, look, all, all these projections could get thrown out the window if baseball goes back to the old baseballs. I mean, numbers are going to be com- No, I still think he's a 30 home run. I really oh, do. Oh, yeah, yeah, I really absolutely. Think I'm just saying in general, runner. like, my the best example is Brett Gardner. Even if he, even if age isn't a factor... A guy like Brett Gardner hitting, what do you have, 28 home runs? Yeah. I mean, to do that, to now go back to the old baseballs, he's not coming close to that. My issue with Gleyber Torres is that sometimes he gets very jumpy at the plate. He is He a gets lot. a little over-anxious up there. But he was also 21 and 22 years old the last times we've seen him play baseball. And you really can't. And that type of stuff usually comes along with age and maturity yeah. and learning how to be a better baseball player and being a better hitter and staying within yourself. Look, the Yankees in total going into the Twin Series and the ALDS, you saw the swag. You saw the confidence. They had that confidence. They all fed off of it. All of them hit. They came to Houston, and it's like one after the next. Glaber started to get jumpy. But you can't just blame him. It was everyone. If Glaber Torres can hone that in and focus on better plate discipline, he's going to be one of the best hitters in baseball. I, I promise care. you that. I don't care about your analytics. You're going to sit there and use them to disrespect Glaber Torres. I don't really care. Seriously. Hit yeah. 280 in that series against Houston. Hit uh, he wasn't, he, so two he wasn't, dings. He wasn't trash. Here's so. where the analytics become a problem for me. If that if you want to sit there and and talk about Sonny Gray and 
the numbers he put up and use your advanced analytics of why he was a really good pitcher in 2019, fine. Don't go then and take that and compare them to a second baseman, a guy who played shortstop most of the season or half the season and switch positions and is much younger, less experienced. Don't go then comparing the two and telling me one guy's better than the other just based off your advanced analytics. That's not how it fucking works. Advanced analytics should be there to to just focus on that player that you're doing the advanced analytics on. You can't just go comparing Glaber Torres to a fucking pitcher in Cincinnati. Yeah, you can. It's worse <laughs> higher. I mean, come on. All right. You want to move on here? Yeah. Okay. Um. So, uh, with it being kind of a slow news week in baseball, we kind of, you know... Throughout, see what the fans wanted us to talk about, ask us some questions, you know, topics they wanted us to hit on. So, you know, we'll run through a few of those right now as uh, we're about at the 45 minute mark of the show. So, we'll, you know, we'll run through a few of these here. Um, we'll start with All the Way 08 says the Yankees set a record for injuries in 2019. There have been changes to the training staff. Uh, do you feel the changes will help players? Uh, do you feel the changes to the training staff will help with injury players or are you worried these guys will just get hurt? Um, I think we've said this a few times. I don't look, I don't know. You hope that the new training staff does a better job, but I don't think it's the injuries itself. I think that injuries are going to happen. I think what we've all, what we've always been focused on on this show is them coming back. And, and that timetable and being accurate with where they are in the progress of their rehab because there was way too many setbacks last year. There were way too many guys coming back um, f- supposedly fully healthy and then getting the same injury again. That's where I want to see improvement. That's where if that is improved, it's not the number of injuries. It's if that part of it is improved, I will sit here and confidently say it was something with the training staff last year. Let me ask you this question. You feel Aaron Judge is injury prone? You know, someone said it the other day, and I and I got very defensive. And I was just like, first of all, this guy's only been in the league a few years. He's had he's played three full seasons. He's, he's been played injured three full seasons. He's been and but, if you count he, his, but he got fucking hit. And he if you his, count his. Uh, cameo in 2016 he's been injured in all four seasons okay, so, okay but let's just, break him down the first let's just break down the obvious one of 2016 when he got, when he got hit in the hand okay 2016 hand. oblique pull out right okay that's one thing 2017 he didn't miss any time for his shoulder injury remember that he, he played did, 155 just, games that year he didn't miss any time the yankees refreshed him right, right. remember that right. They in the fucking, they, no they ref- remember when he sat oh yeah, yeah 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 and they fucking botched it anyway because girardi pinched hit him in like uh it was the against ninth, the tigers i think the I might have been the Tigers or the Indians. It was the Tigers. Oh yeah, it could have, it was the Indians. And like game, in the second game of a doubleheader or something, right? You know what's funny, the- Christian? That was your first appearance on with Munch. You talked about that. You actually talked about the whole refreshing of Aaron Judge, and that it was kind of botched. But yeah, I forgot he didn't miss time really with that. But it did cause him to slump. Yes, and you saw the interviews after the game with the ice pack on his arm. and But everyone. didn't miss any time for it. Right. Okay. So, and then 2018, 
he got hit in the hand. How do you freak, thing. freak accident? 2019 oblique pull. So out of the two out of the four years, you want to say that he's had oblique pulls, maybe red flag. Okay, I can live with that. But to just straight up say the guy's injury prone when one of the years he got hit by a pitch and the other year he didn't miss any time for an injury, I have a hard time saying he's really injury prone, but I need to see him on the field for 150 games this year. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the whole oblique thing is just the way he's built. He's just a big dude, and when he takes big those, muscular guy yeah, that he, swings, you know, yes. he's, you know, yeah. And there, and I'm sure there's ways out there to strengthen that and to and to try and prevent it. That I'm sure he's working on right now. Well, but, Fred thinks Aaron Judge is going to be hurt yeah, this that's year. What I was about 473 to say. plate appearances, uh, for 30 home runs, 67 runs batted in. That's his uh, projections for Aaron Judge. Okay, and and just so we can clarify to anyone who's still listening that is new to the show, Fred is the computer, the computerized, it's a computer uh, generated projection right. for this upcoming so season. I'm sure, reference. I'm sure that the algorithm that they have just doesn't maybe take into account based off of his numbers last year that maybe there was an injury there. I don't know. Maybe, Clear but to just to just put together a projection and just say, yeah, he's probably, yeah, he's probably gonna be hurt. That's ridiculous to me. Well, that's clearly what they're anticipating. Yeah, at least this give year. him a full season because he had 447 plate appearances last year, and they're projecting him at 473 this year. So what's he gonna really, play? Like, really? Like what another, it should be is it should like be another ten games. It should be a set plate appearance for every player, and then really you can prorate everything based off of mm-hmm. that. So give me a full season. What do you think this guy's capable of? If he, if you think he's yeah, gonna don't have project a, injury, right? If you think he's gonna have six hundred plate appearance, that should be the number set, and he's gonna hit forty home runs. That's your projection. If he only has three hundred plate appearances, then twenty would be on on pace. Then you could say, oh, your projection was dead on. Don't 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 fucking make up an injury, Fred. You fuck. That's a bit much. Fuck Fred. So my my concern with uh no so what what are we talking about here? Judge staying healthy injuries, yeah. No, I can I mean, dude, if you, everybody wanted to blame the training staff for the injuries last year, then you have to go into twenty twenty thinking that the new training staff will only be better, correct? Yes. So I mean I'm at least hopeful in that. Can't get worse. Uh he all the way oh, oh wait, uh Brings up four specific players. Judge, who we just talked about, Sanchez. I just don't know what you're going to do with a guy like Gary Sanchez. I just think this is going to – he is a – he's a catcher. These guys, you know, maybe he he could – he's not fat, but maybe he could just – Dude, lose. have you seen him? What? Oh, you haven't seen him. What do you mean? I, I thought you – I'm. you must have not been on social media when all those pictures surfaced for this year. Are you saying he's Fred has Fred no. has him getting hurt, too. Dude. Yeah, he's looking good. Gary Sanchez? No, no, I've seen him, but I'm saying he's not fat, but what? that's why I'm prefacing this because maybe he could lean out a little bit. Uh, then you still yeah. haven't seen him, yeah, dude. He's he lean. is lean, because muscular. I, I think that's – He yeah. looks K.O. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now that's, that's where you go too far <laughs> right there. Okay, number one – um, I don't know. You think he'll ever? These are just recurring things with him with this groin injury of his. I don't know. Again, he's he, the number one guy I have my eye on. Right? I mean, that's who we're all looking at. That needs to show. 
over Judge. And Judge is very important too, obviously. I need to see a full season out of him, but anyone, you can say anyone needs to not be injured out of anyone. It's Gary Sanchez. Yeah, because who are the other three names on that list? It's Judge Sanchez. Judge Stanton and Hicks along with Sanchez. If one of those, Judge Sanchez and Hicks, well, Hicks is already out. If one of those goes down, another guy can step up. If Sanchez goes down, there's no Austin Romine backing him up anymore. No, we got Higgy bombs. We got Higgy bombs, but and I mean, the Yankees sign. They got Eric. But if anyone has the the situation they where Eric they go Kratz, down, Josh Tolley, yeah, you got some vets uh, down there. Some other guy and some other. They got like four veteran type catchers. Uh, they signed a minor league deal, so um, Sanchez is a guy you got to keep your eye on. But again, as a catcher. With his groin injury history, I don't know if anybody's going to be able to do Just stretch stretch it out, bro. I mean, I mean, really, that's what he's going to come down to. Uh, and if he's hurt again, he's fucking hurt again. I don't know what else to say. With him. If he does get hurt again, can it just not be the groin? It's going to be the groin. You know it's going to be the groin. That's just a problem. Uh, the other guy on the list here is John Carl Stanton. The dude got hit in the face with a fucking baseball, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hmm. By Mike Fires, who brought the whole Houston scandal down. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, who has a scandal of his own? Yeah. Which I don't know. I really haven't heard too much about that, so we don't really need to get in. Chris Iannetta was the other guy the Yankees signed. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, dude. Here's my problem with calling John Carlos Stan injury prone. He was he was hurt. Probably should have landed on a DL in 2018 and didn't because he knew how much the team needed him and played through that hamstring injury. Uh, say that again. Sanchez back in Stanton. No, we're Stanton. Talking about. I mean Stanton. We're calling him injury prone. I think Stanton's biggest problem last year was that he he hit the freak accidents, right? He hit the freak injuries a couple times, but he's like the main guy I think of with the with the setback. He's the main guy. Like he would come back. Well, or, Fred or thinks he, he look at this projection for Stanton. Three hundred and seven plate appearances, nineteen home runs, come and forty-eight on. RBIs. Are you out of your fucking mind? Seriously. That's what Fred's got for They're all getting hurt again. Pack it in. Wow. Which all right, so that's three hundred plate appearances. The average should be around a high six hundred. Six hundred, right? yeah. Just to put it in perspective. That's half. They're giving him half of season. Dude, come on. Yeah, I saw that picture. Yeah. He doesn't have to lean out. All right, in uh, the mo- here, in the most games he's ever played was in 2017. Was uh, he played 159? He had 692 plate appearances that year, and in the following year, he played one less game but had more plate appearances because the Yankees scored more runs. So he had 705 plate appearances. So, you know, on a full season, you're getting high 600s, you know, low 700s in plate appearances. Fred's got him down for 307. I'm hearing a lot that the Yankees are really want to see him in the field more this year. I think he's going to play a lot. Yeah, they think they just think overall he's just a type of player that's just a much better player when he's constantly active, and not not the kind of guy who's just going to come off the bench as a DH and be as productive. Again, again, I don't really, you know, he had a freak year last year. Let's see how he responds this year. Uh, he was hurt in 2018, but he played through that shit, man. Yeah, I mean, he noticed, again, like we were talking about Judge in 2017, didn't miss time, but noticeably slumped while he was hurt. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, but again, the best ability is availability, and he didn't he didn't go on the DL when his team really needed him. So I got to give him credit for that. 
And the other guy that uh, all the way brought up was Hicks, and there's no fucking hope for Aaron Hicks. No. Nope. Next. Next. Uh, stadium status and Don Sicario here. They're both tag team in this one. Uh, kind of want to know. This is why you brought this up, because both of them thought that Ryan was getting punched. But I'll amend the question to say, what's the percentage Chris goes uh, ape shit when he gets punched in the jaw? I say zero. Because you're going to get knocked the fuck out. <laughs> I think I'm you'll be laying it. on the I ground. I'll take it like a man. No, yeah, you're going to be you're going to be unconscious so you can't flip out. Yeah. So I wanted to kiss I would have called your mother. So, yeah, I'm punching him. That was right. But I would definitely <laughs> yes, yeah, I would definitely freak out and flip the table if Chris even put his hands on me. Patrick Hey, fella. Hello, fellas. Uh, yeah, he wants to know if I have a name for the Bambino. It's actually a Bambina. Uh, That's the name. Bambina. Yes. Uh, we we actually have a name picked out. Derek. Derica. Der- uh, Chris will not know. I will absolutely tell my cousin first. He's got his cousin fucking texting me last week to, to trigger me. <laughs> going, oh, my God, dude. Did they tell you the name? It's so awful. I'm going, fuck you. Christina. You want to? Are you gonna name after me? Name her after me? No, absolutely not. Unless you die tragically in the next two months. Okay. I still won't name her after you. That's fucked up. Uh, anyway, DJ Fong wants to know here. Do you think there will be a role on the team for Clint Frazier? Then we, I think we touched on this last week. Uh, I heard. Uh, I heard they got rid of the Bat Boy. So if possibly. Fred's right, then yeah, there will be. Didn't didn't rookie the Bat Dog get called up to AAA? There is an availability now down in Trenton. Down in Trenton. I mean, I just don't know, uh, just to answer his question fairly, I just don't know what Clint Frazier's role in this team is because we say it all the time. They were playing fucking Tyler Wade and left field over him. I mean, him. look, here's here's the best way to answer that, I think. There was a role for Clint Frazier. Clint, it was Clint Frazier's role to lose, and he lost it. He lost it just miserably. Yeah. So, no, I don't think that, there is now a role for him. I think he has to he has to really, really somehow, and I think it's almost impossible at this point, earn something back. I don't think there's a role waiting for him in any way, shape, or form, even if people get injured. I think he has to create that role himself. I think he has to show that he is a competent outfielder. We no one questions him at the plate. And then yeah. there's then 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 they'll make a role. They'll make room for him well and they're they're saying now that Anduar is going to get some reps in, in the outfield in spring training I just can't imagine what well, Clint that, Frazier's going to do that was uh, First the next base. part of uh, his question <laughs> wanted to know what we thought uh, where we thought Miguel Anduar was going to get most of his uh, ABs at this year and uh, and the safe pick is DH right it is the safe it's pick the, it's the only pick in my opinion I don't see him panning out anywhere else. The only thing I could see happening is if Luke Voigt is having a terrible year and they either stick LeMahieu at first, can Gio play second, and you put Andujar at his original third base position. We know, we know how important... I think does Luke, Vo- Luke Voigt might play a huge part in, in yeah. Andujar's role. We know how important internal competition is. The Yankees have done this in the past. It's been very effective. Maybe Andujar goes over to first and he's and he's great and they weren't expecting it 
right now I feel like a lot of it is to light a fire under Luke Voigt's ass and say, look, we, he's going to, Luke Voigt will sit there at that point and say, I know how badly they want to, to get this guy in the lineup because he's that good. So if I don't step my shit up, I'm going to easily lose my spot for him. They'd love to. I do not see Andujar playing one out of an inning in the outfield. I'm sorry. First base, possibly. But I just don't think it's likely. And I don't see him in the outfield at all. Yeah, I just think I, that's I, 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 I think that. that's a liability. I think it's idiotic. And I just don't think it makes sense in, in any way. If the you're only that way desperate, is if it's like at the end of a game or something and they, they need you know, they don't have any help on the bench and they just need to I stick don't think him it's out idiotic. There. I think it is worth trying to see if he can do it. Yeah, but we've seen look, Clint Frazier, when he takes fly balls, I'm sure he tracks them all down, or most of them. Why would they stay away from a guy who could be a superstar one day and and throw a guy out in the outfield who's never been in game to, in a major league baseball game taking any type of ball to bat? Why why would they be okay with that and not okay with hey maybe Clint Frazier will be better? It just doesn't make sense. I think again to make a that, guy versatile, it makes plenty of sense. I think, yeah, no, I'm I'm not saying that in an emergency you couldn't. You, they want to be able to throw him out there, but in a long term thing, I think again this is to this statement was made to get under Clint Frazier. Maybe they know what makes him tick. Maybe something like that. We are we're all thinking he's going to take it in a negative way. Maybe that shit makes him tick. Maybe that's going to set him off. You know you know what's going to make you tick? You're going to develop one. I'm going to get nine to five. I have a twitch already in my eyes. It's awful. Maybe I'll fix it. Maybe. So, uh, tip of the cap to Curtis Granderson, who called it a career. Curtis. So. They were, there was big debates on if he was a great Met. I don't know. And he was on that World Series team that made it the World Series, right? He was. Evan, Evan, uh, his biggest thing, Joe and Ev, Evan's biggest thing, Evan Roberts' biggest thing was uh, his numbers weren't great. It was his moments mm-hmm. that were. Yeah, he had Whereas when he was that. a Yankee, his numbers were actually really good, at least for a few seasons. 41 home runs one year. He had back-to-back. Back, and ba- now 43 the next yeah, year. He yeah, he back-to-back 40-plus home run years, which I don't even remember. He had 40-plus home runs back-to-back years. 43, yeah. I mean, that's crazy. But he's also short-portunate. Oh, yeah, he took well. Yeah, so he hit 40. He hit 84 home runs in over two seasons. That's is short-portunate or not, dude. That's uh, There's guys that For still For some reason, I always think of Grand Slams when I think of Curtis. Cl- Grand Curtis. Slamderson. Yeah. Like, did he have a lot of Grand Slams as a Yankee? He might have hit one or two. And just because John probably, John Sterling probably won Bananas when he did it, you remember it. The Grandy Man. The Grandy Man can. Curtis was always just a great baseball guy. Just, just always did the right thing. I always liked Curtis. Yeah, he was he was one of my favorites. You know, we were just singing there, and it just got me thinking. Like, because I was driving on the way over here, and you're saying, you ever get greedy with the radio? Like, you're searching for a song. And something comes on that you like, but it's not like a real true banger. Yeah, you and then you're like, maybe I there. could find something better. And you go through the whole fucking Rolodex, 
and nothing's better. And by the time you get back to that you song, it's yourself. over. Yeah. And now you, nothing good is on. Yep. And it's and when I'm driving my uh, my Equinox, uh, I got the satellite radio in there, so there's even more shit to go through. And you're just like, you just get greedy with the radio sometimes, and you're like, maybe I should just. I know this maybe maybe this is a B plus song and I want an A song right now, but maybe I should just stop. Did here. this happen to you recently? It just happened on the way over here. What song was it? It was the uh, the difference by the Wallflowers. Never heard it. Can well, you sing a Wallflower? No, uh, because that was a big song. Well, they they had a couple. of I'm hits. sure I've heard it. They had a couple of hits when uh, I think it was in might have been in high school when that that album came out. You probably heard the song One Headlight. That was, that was yes. like a big hit. Yes. So that song came on. I like that song. But then you're like, it's not what I'm... I want to get pumped and hyped for this pod right now. So let me cycle through everything here. And uh, SiriusXM Radio has a channel uh, that is seasonal. It, I had it saved because it played all Christmas songs. And then it, it was playing all Billy Joel shit. And now it's playing uh, tailgate anthems for the Super Bowl, apparently. And they had a bunch of like fucking slamming songs on there earlier today, and so I was like, maybe they got something that'll get me pumped. But it was like something weird. Some Shakira on there. Yeah, yeah, Shakira. Yeah, there you go. Um, so then by the time I got it back around to the Wallflowers, it was over, and the next song came on was fucking Fergie, and I'm like, Jesus, you know, <laughs> I really, I really, and that happens. It happens rather often if you think about it, because at this day on a Saturday night, you're not listening to sports talk radio. I mean, it's... I don't really listen to the radio. Bad sports talk radio is fucking terrible. Yeah. It really is. Like, you get... And they take phone call, a lot of phone calls, and they get... They just get weird. All right, Kurt... Sorry to cut this off, but Curtis was on the Yankees for four seasons. From his first three, from 2010 to 2012, how many Grand Slams do you think he had? Six. Five. Mm-hmm. Four. Three of them were in 2012. Three in one season. So he wasn't... So that's Grandy, why, man. I guess... Lived up to his name. You know, because if you going back to what I was saying, if you listen to like some of these overnight people, or like if they're doing like, you know, like <clears throat> replacement hosts when like you know like yeah, if somebody's on vacation and they let these fucking callers talk for like an hour, I'm yeah, just they like, have to. They're the whole show. I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up! Like you make like seriously, like I understand, like you got like Chris Moore on, it's almost and, and it's trying al- to fill five hours, but shut up! It's almost like you flick over to the station. And the person on the phone is talking so long, you think it's an actual journal, like an analyst or something. You're like, who is this? And then you find out it's just a regular caller. And people are always like, oh, Francesca's a dick to the callers who cuts him off. But that's good. Like, sh- say what you got to say and shut up. Like, it's not your show. Yeah, maybe it is better that way. I agree. But at night, the, the, the show thrives on the callers. I mean, they need them. I don't need to hear some. I don't need to hear Joe from Clark, New Jersey, on the phone for twenty minutes. Or here's my. You know, my favorite caller is Ira from Staten Island. Yeah, I know that guy. He's whack, bro. First of all, he doesn't just call the fan. He's on ESPN oh, Radio. That's also, I know, I know him from ESPN Radio. You never heard him on? He oh, I only heard him on Michael K. Show. He bro, called he him. calls. He sometimes he's on two shows in one day. Like he'll he'll have like a, once. Oh my god! Like he call. He literally calls. And let me just get this out of the way here. Another guy who doesn't get many bangs, Ira. Uh, let me get, he probably, I probably does because I'm sure he's got the type of, of scratch because he's going to all these jet games and everything. So he's probably got some, some bucks in his pocket here. So he's probably uh, got himself a wife or whatever. But. 
think but, just think about where you think about how you laid out his life. What? Just now. He's probably got some bucks. Yeah, he's got money. So he's, I'm assuming. So he's then got he money. married a gold digger. So he's probably well, you married. Can't, you can't say that they're not out there. And he's probably such a fucking loser because he's a Jet fan, number one, and goes to like <laughs> the Jet Cincinnati gate. Like, there, seriously. There goes half our audience. <laughs> seriously, if, you, if you're a guy that has to go to every Jet game, including the Jets versus the Bengals this season, you're a fucking loser. I'm sorry. Well, your whole organization really is. And so are the Giants so, right now, but... So you need to have a gold digger wife. I mean... It's true. There's no way you're getting no no, no normal getting no married. normal woman is saying to herself, "Let me marry this guy so I can go to fucking Cincinnati in December." Oh my god, you call the fan and ESPN 400 times a day until you. And get meanwhile, through? if you had a wife, wouldn't you be busy doing other shit than calling sports talk radio five I, times a that's day? That's why I said what I said. He's got way too much time on his hands. And because his wife is a gold digger and she's out shopping with his money, right? Or I like the I love the pic the picture you painted. I'm buying. Okay. Okay. So what was I saying? Oh, here's my here's you know what? How many times did we rip Bart Scott on this show? Too many. Yeah. I would I would do any I you know obviously this is hyperbole, but I would do anything to get him back with Maggie Gray. Fucking Mark Malusis is oh, yeah. the fucking worst. Okay. Now, meanwhile, I'm some jerk off with a podcast in my friend's attic. So who the fuck am I? But you're on the fan and you're. You suck, okay? You were fucking terrible. I, it's unlistenable. It really is. I can't listen. There you go. I, when <laughs> when Joe and Evan were on that time slot, I never, ever, 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 Turned ever thought to switch to ESPN radio. Never. I actually listen to ESPN now, and I, and I hate ESPN. I, I actually switch it's over to them now. Like and I don't even really like the show that's on ESPN, but I have to go to it just not to hear Moose... This how yeah. said, Just right? not so, to hear him. He's so bad. It's his cadence. It's his delivery. They have no. First of all, they That's have. Excuse me. They have no chemistry together. They can say they do, but they don't. It's like they argue with each other just to have it for the sake of the show, just so they can have a show together. Each other. It's. T- I mean, it's got to be tough for Maggie too, because like, how many times are you going to put her with someone new? It's like a. Well, she it's worked like a player with, with a she new worked, coach. It's like Sam Darnold. But that's the thing with got a new coach. They put every them year. together because they had a show on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, she did a shit. show with him before she came on the fan to do uh, with Carlin so that's exactly and Bart. Why they did it? And it's fucking. It's ter- and you know what? People can say whatever they want about Mike Francesa, but him being on the on the fan. Yeah. And drive time was best for the fan because Joe and Evan much better in the midday. It was better for the station when they were in the look, midday. Look four o'clock, three. Oh, well, I actually like. Uh-huh. I'm I'm I enjoy my ride home. Punch Chris like, in the face on at night, thinking, listening to Francesa, listening to the fan. But when I get in my car midday, and I turn on the fan, and I don't have Joe and Ev, it's very difficult. I loved that time slot for them. Like I love to listen to them. At it that lengthened. Time. It lengthened out the day. Yeah, because got you, you had, through it. You know, I have my issues with Boomer and Geo, but I can listen to them. And then it led you right into Joel and Evan, and then Mike, and now it's just like Maggie and Moose. And compared to what's on in uh, ESPN, it's just like a dead point in the day. And then yeah, and then you know what, Michael K can be listenable at times, and then it's just like. It's like Ryan you got, loves the Michael. It's like you got yeah, two. I, I, don't know. I, I lost I don't interest know. more when Rosenberg came in. 
I don't know. It's just that it's just that Mark Malusis is terrible, and they need to get rid of him. I'm sorry, they do. He fucking sucks. The fan has to like. He fucking sucks. I'm sorry. They, they just like they took the easy road with this. Like they put together a team that sucked. You know what the issue was? It's JJ. He was a fucking issue because he wanted to be a fucking derelict and talk about uh, sports betting for four hours. And he in it wasn't gonna work in uh in the midday, so he talks about it with all these degenerate gamblers overnight. <laughs> Every, you ever listen to a show with no, him? Never. Everything is about fucking gambling. Everything, everything. You know what really could have screwed over the fan is uh what's his name? Carson? What was his name? The guy who had the show with Boomer? Boomer and uh, Carton. Carton. Craig Carton. He would have been the guy that would have taken over for Mike. They would have given him the show. Maybe. Not I mean, him there. Carton he, was, had, he had a huge. Carton right, was hilarious. They had a huge but, following. Those two together, or is he bigger now with the uh, Geo? I never listened to them. Geo, the, my issue with Geo, we talk about being characters, and everyone should be a character. I mean, when you're trying to entertain, you should be have your own personality and whatever. But when it comes to talking serious points, get through. Be serious too. Geo's so so much of a character sometimes that you don't know if you should take him seriously that like he doesn't switch the tone enough for me and he just says things like nah nah sorry Mm -hmm. and i'm just like is he joking or is does he really believe that this guy sucks oh let me talk about my boat then i'll do my benigno impression then i'll do my mic impression but you know what when he is when he (laughs) when it's time to when it's when it's time for the fluff he's good he's very entertaining and he can be very funny but there's just I just feel like he doesn't know when to switch it back. What was the video I saw today? It was Francesa like barging in Joe and Evan's show, and like he he had to break news on someone getting fired. Did you see that video last uh, this week? No, really no. good. I'll try finding it. And post was it, it recent? I don't know. He just barges in the office. Like who did? Mike. He goes, get me on the air. <laughs> and they're like, and Joe. That was, was like, more. What's going on right now? That was more Arnold than uh, get me on the air. <laughs> Andy Pettit. Okay. Andy Pettit. He's a starter. He's a starter. He's a compiler. So he just barges in and like has to break news on someone getting fired. I can't remember who it was now though. But this was recent. I don't even. I don't even know. He just. He just totally had to cut off right up, right in the middle of Joe and Ev. Okay, so let's wrap up the show here with this uh, Saturday night before the Super Bowl. So we'll, when we listen on Monday morning, we'll see if we're right. Let's. Give her a quick Super Bowl predictions. Oh, we'll wow. start with we'll start with Stat Guy Rye. I'm gonna go with the heart because I'm rooting for one man and one man only, and his name's Andy Reid. I want Andy Reid to get his first ring. Former Eagle. I'm going Chiefs. Uh, we'll we'll give the final score will be thirty two to twenty seven. Okay. Okay. Chris. Forty Niners. Forty two to thirty eight. It will I'm, be high scoring. It will be insane. Take the over. I think the over under is fifty four. Right? And I love the Niners with the points. Take them. I thought you were gonna say you like the Niners with the porn, and we know Jimmy Garoppolo likes porn Ew. stars. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs in this one, and I think it's gonna be a good game. And I think they'll pull away late. Let's go with uh, 38 to 27 Chiefs. Let's go with that. You're going with my 27, huh? Yeah, let's go 38 27 Chiefs. Here's my problem 
the Chiefs are just very slow starters. And I yeah, think, they're not going to be able to get away with falling right. behind twenty four nothing. Then they fell behind seventeen seven, I think, to the Titans. I that, just the teams that they ended up coming back on were not the 49ers. The 49ers yeah. healthy are a friggin' incredible team. I don't watch a lot of football, but from what I've watched, I think they're the best overall team when they're healthy. I, they're not going to get away with that. If they get the ball and on their first drive they score a touchdown, I think they could they could definitely win. But if they get off to that slow start, Niners all night. So we'll see when we listen back on Monday morning. We'll see who was correct or closest to. So being I'm the correct. only one saying Niners. Yeah, yeah, which is surprising because everyone's picking the Niners. The Niners, um, Niner five. So I think that should wrap up the show, right? You think we're good here? You think we're good? Okay, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, next week, big, 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 big show, big, big show, Chris. You're just trying to extend the show. <laughs> is really what you're doing. If you guys think I'm right. actually gonna punch Chris in the face, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Tune in next week when it goes down. <laughs> the final chance. So next week, the final punch in the pot episode, and the final episode before the Yankees report to spring training. That's crazy. So the long nothingness of the winter is starting to come to an end. We will start to see guys trickle onto a baseball field, throw some bullpens, take some BP. It'll be fucking. Why don't we do this? It'll be fucking glorious on the main Twitter account at MYY Sports Talk. Why don't we put something out uh, Monday to keep? We'll keep retweeting it and putting it out there all week to to put together a thread of questions that are that they want us to uh, predict for the 2020 season like any type of predictions you ask away and we'll and we'll answer them on the next show i love the prediction show but sometimes it's like the same shit over and over so we'll let a lot of the uh, of our followers ask us what what they want us to predict I just saw a tweet from somebody saying that the other guys was on Netflix, and it made me, um, you know what I watched today? Fucking Blue Chips, because it came up on my Amazon Prime that it was now streaming. Yo, you know what's on Netflix now? Oh, no, it's not. Sorry. Only in the UK. I was going to say Uncut Gems. It made Netflix Uh, in the UK right now. I remember Blue Chips liking that movie when I was a kid. Never heard of it. fucking terrible. Never heard, never heard of it. Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte. Must, must Nolte. have been when you were a kid, like before well, I was born. Well, first of all, it was in black and white. No, you scumbags. Uh, Nick Nolte. picture. Nick Nolte plays a college basketball coach who plays by the rules and realizes he can't do that anymore. So he starts buying players uh, to come to his program. And Shaq and Penny Hardaway were in the movie. You lost me at Nick oh, Nolte. Oh, I kind of remember that. So. I was like, wow, Blue Chips is on fucking Amazon Prime. I was like, I'll watch this. And I was like, dude, this movie sucks. Hmm. It's heartbreaking. I mean. You watch the whole thing now? Yeah, I mean, I can't. Sh- I have a. So I, you kind of liked it. You know what movie did that to me, man? What? Just Friends. Yeah, I always watch that one. Just Friends. Like, Shut your fucking dirty mouth no, about Just Friends. That's one of the it? movies I always uh, watch. This past Christmas. I honestly like. 
I talked it up so much. I love that movie. Oh, you don't like it anymore. No, no. And then I, no, I still like it, but I watched it and I was just like, I know it was a stupid movie, but I didn't realize how fucking stupid no, I just, it was. No, I just didn't realize how stupid you were if you're going to sit here and I love you, Jamie Palomino. That was the first movie my wife and I ever rented together, by the way. So shut your fucking stupid mouth. Were you just friends when you rented it? No. Uh, by the way, my, me telling you to just shut your mouth is foreshadowing because your jaw's going to be wired shut. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like Kanye for the rest of the season. Oh, knocked out. Make you look like John Carlos Stanton with that when he got beamed. It's that guy Ross to knock you out. Pow, 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 pow. <laughs> hey, you both. All right, let's wrap this show up here. Please follow us on Twitter at Chris is going to get knocked the fuck out. Going <laughs> <laughs> to change our Twitter handle to that? At NYY Sports Talk. Please uh, go to uh, the website nyysportstalk.com get yourself some merch hit the fan shop man get yourself Our some Garrett merch Kirscher is going wild uh yes merch up swag up that's gonna get you knocked out Mer- shut the fuck up <laughs> swag up he's triggered right now he's full that. the trigger meter you stop is saying full. swag up no i said it last episode uh the trigger meter is full. But thank you for listening to episode 164 of the NYY Sports Talk Podcast. Stat Guy Rye. Chris. <laughs> Say goodbye. Hey!